0: The Alien Conspiracy Podcast We are your hosts, Agent Ether
1: And Agent Anderson Come along as we examine UFO sightings, conspiracies, and all things strange You can follow the show on Twitter at AlienConPod We also have an email address, AlienConPod at ProtonMail.com We would love to hear from you and don't forget to check out our Facebook group and page, Alien Con Pod. This week's episode, Friday the 13th Creeptacular. It's creepy. This week's episode, a very special and creepy edition of the Alien Conspiracy Podcast, just in time for Friday the 13th.
0: That's right. What topics do we have this time?
1: Creepy topics. I'm going to talk a little bit about the haunting of the Queen Mary.
0: And I'm going to talk about the Winchester Mystery House in San Jose.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, let's get into it. Why don't we? The Queen Mary. Let's talk about this a little bit. So I mean the RMS Queen Mary, which I had to look this up. The RMS, I guess it stands for Royal Mail Service. And that applied to anything that would carry mail, and I suppose in addition to passengers, it carried mail. But anyways, the RMS Queen Mary is a haunted hotel that used to be an ocean liner. She originally sailed the Atlantic Ocean from 1936 to 1967, operated by the Coonard White Star Line. During World War II, she was converted to a troop transport for the Allies. She was painted navy gray, and because of her speed and ability to evade enemy U-boats, she was nicknamed the Gray Ghost. Over time, air transport replaced ocean liners, and by 1967, the Queen Mary was operating at a loss and retired from service. She was permanently moored in the port of Long Beach, California. In total, she had crossed the Atlantic 1,000 times, Carrying two million one hundred and twelve thousand passengers over three million seven hundred and ninety-two thousand two hundred and twenty-two No. Three million seven hundred and ninety-two thousand two hundred and twenty-seven miles.
0: Is that normal to just permanently dock ships like that?
1: Uh I don't well, it happens on occasion with historic vessels. So this was actually a pretty this this was a pretty big deal back in the day, this particular liner. It was incredibly luxurious. I mean, if you look at pictures of the inside of it, especially if you can find pictures from what was actually running, it was, I mean, it was decked out, you know, floor to floor, wall to wall. It had more first class cabins than it did any other class. So this was a luxury liner designed for the upper crust. This was not for your peasants, you know, Um, and it was huge too. It had about twice the tonnage of the Titanic, if you can believe that. So it's because it was a historical boat. I guess it was had some sort of appeal. So it was purchased by the city of Long Beach, not by like some sort of investor or anything. I guess they wanted it as like a tourist attraction or something. Um, they Beach, out,
0: which it is.
1: Yeah, it is. They outbid the next highest bidder, I guess, wanted it for its scrap metal or something, which kind of would have been a shame because you know it's such an awesome thing. It's currently closed. And it's sort of closed because of the pandemic, but also because the last company that had leased it out. So I guess what Long Beach does is they'll lease it they've, over the years. They've leased it to several various companies who agree to like maintain it and operate it. And so that the city of Long Beach, they don't have to run a hotel. They can let somebody else do that and they can still collect some money from it. It's a mutually beneficial agreement. Unfortunately, the most recent leaseholders did not maintain the Queen Mary at all. They pretty much let it go, and it has some critical maintenance issues. It's probably not safe for anybody to be on the boat at all until these things are fixed. I read that there's a possibility it could take on water and the whole thing could capsize or whatever. So uh, until that gets taken care of, which may take some time, uh, no people on the Queen Mary.
0: But maybe there shouldn't be people on there anyways.
1: Maybe there shouldn't. And yeah, so it's unfortunate the reason I say that is because It used to be a hotel, it's closed now, but you used to be able to rent out rooms, even specific rooms that are supposed to be haunted, and then stay the night in those rooms. And there are plenty of stories of people staying in the hotel and being haunted, which we will get to in just a moment. So why is the Queen Mary haunted? There have been several events in her history that could have collected ghosts. Before she set sail in 1936, her captain died of a stroke alone in his cabin. I don't actually know that he was alone. I just put that because I thought it sounded (laughs) spookier. (laughs) Um, On October 2nd, 1942, the Queen Mary was transporting troops. She was on strict orders to not stop for anything. As she was maneuvering off the coast of Ireland, tragedy struck as she sliced right through one of her escort ships, the HMS Curacoa. Curacoa, C-U-R-A-C-O-A. How would you say that? Curaca, Cur... Curacoa. Okay, sure. <laughs> why not? Off the coast of Ireland, 239 souls perished. There were 99 survivors. That's kind of a creepy number, right? 99 people survived. You turn it upside down and it's 66. Add one more six and it's the number of the beast.
0: Yes, if if you want to say that it is. I suppose it is.
1: Okay, well, I thought it was creepy-ish. I don't know. Whatever. A crewman was accidentally poisoned in 1949 when he drank what he thought was gin, but actually turned out to be poison.
0: How do you mi- mistake poison for gin? Like, doesn't it taste different?
1: Well, you'd like have to be really, some, really drunk. Or maybe I think. it's
0: some, like, really bad gin or something.
1: Yeah, I, I still don't know how you would mix that up. Maybe somebody offed him because they're mad at him for whatever maybe he stole money or you know his uh you know using the the dude's lady as a side piece or something and then um they put a little couple drops of poison in his gin and they said oh it's just a <laughs> accident he you know poison we don't know how it got in there <laughs> but who knows i didn't find details on that one unfortunately or
0: what's that stephen king book where they're in the hotel
1: Oh, the shining.
0: Yeah, maybe it's like a shining thing going on.
1: Oh, yeah, with like invisible bartenders that only he can see.
0: Yeah, okay.
1: Why not? In total, there have been about 49 deaths on board. Wherever the ghosts came from, they have been seen throughout the years by guests and employees. Some encounters are tied to a specific location on the ship. People often hear a girl calling for her parents in the second class pool room where Jacqueline Torin drowned at the age of five. The first-class swimming pool is also haunted. At one time, it was opulent, with elaborate mosaic tiles and a mother-of-pearl ceiling. Can you imagine how decked out this place is, that they had a mother-of-pearl ceiling?
0: I'd like to just go chill there.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's just... I've never even seen a, a whole ceiling, and this is not a small room, either. This is like a legit pool.
0: Yeah, I have some earrings that are Mother of Pearl, so, and they're quite pretty, and just a whole ceiling would look really nice.
1: Yeah, it just sounds amazing. But now the pool room lies in a state of disrepair, a mere shadow of its former glory. Ghosts in bathing suits are seen here, along with splashing sounds and watery footprints leading to the pool. Or away from the pool. I I don't know, the description wasn't that specific. A woman in a tennis skirt sometimes walks downstairs and disappears around the corner. A woman in a wedding gown has also been reported in the room from time to time. The boiler room is haunted by the ghost of John Henry, a worker who died there. In 1966, there was a grisly accident in the engine room, also known as Shaft Alley. The watertight doors in the area were closed as part of a drill. When the drill was over, a young crew member was found crushed in hatch door number 13. He didn't die right away, but slowly in the hospital ward.
0: That is a terrible way to go.
1: Yeah, I actually saw uh, when I was doing my research, uh, there was certain places that said that two people had been crushed to death in that door, but I couldn't find the second one. I only found that specific story. But supposedly, this door has crushed to death not one, but two people. The guy, so the guy we know for sure, his ghost and probably the other one, their ghosts haunt the engine room to this day, running behind people, whistling or leaving greasy fingerprints on the faces of the living.
0: Ooh.
1: It's kind of creepy, right? Are there photographs
0: of these greasy faces?
1: Well, yeah, probably, but I mean, (laughs) it doesn't necessarily prove anything because, you know, it's, how hard would it be to put a greasy fingerprint on your face?
0: Hey, I believe.
1: (laughs) The Queen's Salon hosts a beautiful young woman in a white gown dancing alone. No one knows why she is there or why she is alone. Perhaps on her honeymoon, she fell overboard and drowned. Or perhaps there was foul play involved. Did you know, by the way, statistically, you're more likely to die on your honeymoon if you're on a cruise ship?
0: I did not know that, and I'm glad I'm married so I don't have to worry about it.
1: Well, I kind of just made that statistic up, okay. but, <laughs> but if you were going to kill your new spouse, a cruise ship would be the perfect place to do it, right?
0: Overboard. Just, oh,
1: whoops. They fell off and drowned. But anyways, <laughs> I digress. <laughs> a tall, dark haired man in a 30s style suit is sometimes seen haunting the hallways outside of the first class state rooms. A baby can be heard in the third class children's playroom. Some think it is the ghost of a baby who died on board shortly after childbirth. Stateroom B340 may be the best room to request should you ever fancy a haunted stay at the hotel. In 1948, Walter J. Adamson, a staff member, was brutally murdered in the room. Ever since, people have reported strange things. In 1966, a woman sleeping in the room was woken when her covers were pulled off of her. She saw a man standing at the foot of the bed who vanished into thin air as she screamed for help. She wasn't the only one to report blankets and sheets removing themselves from the bed. Other people staying in the room have heard knocks on the door, only to find the hall outside empty. The mates... So, that one... I mean, are there any kids staying there? Because right, that's
0: what I was thinking. That's exactly. what kids do,
1: right? You They're know, like,
0: ha ha, <laughs> <laughs> best
1: joke ever. <laughs> yep, but no, it's it, sometimes when the neighborhood kids knock on my door and do that. Like, it happens once in a while. I'll open the door and I'll go, hey, who's out? You know, I'll play it, pretend like I'm mad, you know, and go, hey, who, who's out there? Who's out there? I'm going to catch you little kids if I ever catch you, you know, because you can hear him giggling in the bushes, <laughs> you know, it's cute, it's adorable. <laughs> you you got to play along. If you don't pretend like, hey, what are you doing? You know, then it's not fun for them. If you just go, oh, hi, how's it going? I know you're out there, you know, but I know which kids it is. It's just, you know, it's just, it's fun, you know, kids having fun. All right, where was I? Um, the maids would find the bathroom lights turning on and off by themselves and the water running even though no one had stayed in the room recently. Another room, B-474, is perhaps the worst of all. A family of three sisters and their mother were murdered here by their father. Two of the girls were strangled along with their mother, while one of them was shot in the head. The father committed suicide with the same gun he had used on his daughter. While the family haunts the room... One daughter, Dana, is seen most frequently. She haunts the room but is also seen calling out for her mother or playing in other parts of the ship. The Mayfair room, converted to office space, had a chilling encounter. Originally a beauty salon, the room is now host to accountants. In 2001 at 5.30am, a staff member came in early to work. She felt like something was off. She felt cold as she began the day's work. A short time later, she felt someone brush up against the back of her chair, but didn't see anyone when she turned around. Then a translucent figure in white walked across the room and through a door. Other encounters don't seem to have a specific location. People hear ethereal conversations, see smoky apparitions, feel cold in hot spots, smell scents of the past, see furniture or doors moving by themselves, and some have even been touched or grabbed by invisible attackers.
0: Seems like there were an awful lot of violent acts on this ship.
1: Yeah, there was, but it did run for a long time, for decades. It carried people to and from war zones, you know, soldiers. And any time you have so many people being transported for so long sooner or later there is going to be something nefarious going down or at the very least people just dying of accidents. There have been many investigations over the years. The most prominent was conducted by Christopher Chacon in the early 90s. His investigation lasted 18 months and used a team of scientists and state-of-the-art equipment to monitor things like air pressure temperature, magnetic fields, and even background radiation across the entire ship. They interviewed 1,500 people and conducted hundreds of experiments. Over 12,000 events were documented, and 60% of them were deemed explainable. 30% were considered anomalous. He concluded the data suggests phenomena with fluctuating composite characteristics, which I actually have no idea what that means, but... Maybe stuff that happens fluctuatingly, compositely, I, I have no idea. But I mean, just that, and it's, we could probably do an entire episode, easily do an entire episode on just his investigation. It was pretty remarkable that usually if you see a ghost show or whatever, they'll just have like an e-reader and they'll, they'll take some grainy photos and make it kind of look like ghosts or whatever. But this guy did like a legit investigation and reported things that were not explainable. Many recent guests have reported creepy feelings, strange sounds, or whispers in the night. Some, however, have had more chilling encounters. For example, here is one person's experience. And this, I always like to try to get at least one anecdote from like a regular person. Because if it's on like a documentary or like a blog or something, then it may not be, you know, all that... that it's cracked up to be it may be exaggerated or embellished or something but here's one i found from somebody who was there staying in a room on reddit here's what they had to say about their encounter and this this is a shortened version by the way they were doing stuff around town or whatever and they were staying in a room there so they say when you first enter the room it is the master bedroom To the bed's left is a doorway and a small hallway that leads down to the twin bedroom where two twin beds are against the wall facing each other, and the bathroom is in the back. Now, I was supposed to sleep in that twin bedroom alone. I had read online before that the reports in our room happened in only the twin bedroom and bathroom parts, so I was like, no way. I chose to sleep in the master bed with my mom and stepdad, I was on the left side of the bed closest to the hallway to the twin bedroom. My mom was in the middle, stepdad on the right. Just looking into the twin bedroom gave me the chills. It looked so eerie, dark, and cold. I slept on my right side with my back to the twin bedroom the whole time. I could not bring myself to face it at night.
0: Is this a grown man?
1: Uh, I... I think when they wrote this, they might have been, but I think they're describing a story from when they were a child. Okay. They were not that specific, but that's the impression <laughs> I get. But
0: I'm just picturing like a grown man with, <laughs> with,
1: with know, their parents. With yeah, their parents, have, parents. Haven't you ever felt like somebody's watching you? You know, can you imagine sleeping in a strange place where you feel like somebody's watching you all night? I mean, I kind of want to stay here now, but I kind of don't. You know. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, where was I? And the whole time could not bring myself to face the it. There we go. At around three or so AM I started hearing movement in that twin bedroom, just like shuffling and a bump into the dresser. I felt really unsettled and definitely felt as if something was behind me in that hallway moving. You know that sensation where you can't see it, but you can feel something present, occupying the emptiness? My eyes were wide, but I absolutely refused to turn to look in there. I was sure it wasn't someone out in the halls, because it sounded literally right behind me, not on the other side of the wall. Also, it was three or so in the morning, and if it was someone outside, you would hear their footsteps moving away, but no, this was in one place in the room. It stopped. I dozed a little, but then I shit you not. I heard <laughs> clear as day. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Is, is that literal?
1: That's I'm reading it what he put verbatim. word for word verbatim. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's what he put. <laughs> hey, don't shoot the messenger, all right? It stopped. I dozed a little, but then I shit you not. <laughs> <laughs> I heard clear as day. This creepy jewelry box music playing in the room right at my left corner foot of the bed. Then I hear it move around the front of the bed, over to the right corner, and then it stopped. But as it was playing, I felt and saw my stepdad sit up. So I say, do you hear it? And he says, yeah. And my mom mumbles sleepily, the music? And I say, yeah. It stopped and we didn't hear it again. But I stayed awake the rest of the night. See, even Buddy doesn't like this story. (laughs) In the morning, my stepdad and I recount... The jewelry box music excitedly, yet also shakily. My mom, however, does not remember hearing it at all, even though she half awoke and said, The music? When I asked if my stepdad heard it. Being that she was half awake, I assume she just simply forgot it. Once again, I do not think it was from outside our room in the hallway because it sounded clear as a bell, and literally right at the foot of our bed, moving to the right side of it. It was not muffled, and I did not hear footsteps or talking in the hallway at this time of night. Also, who would be playing jewelry box music that late, or even at all? So yeah, that's the anecdote from the Queen Mary, and that kind of, that story gives me the chills. I'm not normally into this ghost stuff, but that one I think is pretty damn creepy.
0: Especially because he said, I shit you not. That kind of gives it this validity. He yeah, wouldn't be there otherwise.
1: Makes it real. That's right. <laughs> He's not shitting us <laughs> at all. <laughs> if you, dear listener, ever chance to stay at the Queen Mary, beware of what lurks the corridors at night. ha. That's my bit on the Queen Mary, and that's just a sampling of it. I didn't want to go too long on just one thing, but it, I was actually kind of surprised at just how much there is, how many people have reported stuff how many genuine first-person sightings you can find online. Uh, this place does seem, whether or not you believe in ghosts, there does seem to be something weird going on here.
0: I have friends who have toured through there, and they say it's very creepy. Really? hmm
1: Well, the only other place, actually, after reading this, I kind of want to go stay there when they open back up. In fact, I'm going to put it on the bucket list. I'm going to go there, and I'm going to see if I can get any of the other agents to come with me, and we'll do a live show from the Queen Mary. How awesome would that be?
0: I will go with you to the Queen Mary.
1: And I, I wonder if we could get like staff, if we could interview like staff or like management or something if that I works there. I hear a
0: music box though, I'm leaving.
1: Yeah, well, well it's just a music box. What's it going to do? It's just going to, you know what it is? It's a nice ghost who knows you're frightened and they're trying to, you know, play some music and help you sleep. They're trying to relax you. Like the mom. Yeah, like the mom. It, she found it very relaxing, right?
0: <laughs> she didn't wake <laughs> up. I would be like, completely awake at that point
1: yeah if i heard something in the room if i hear like a floorboard creak and i suspect it's not supposed to be there i'm awake bolt upright i don't think i'd be able to sleep at this place at all (laughs) so maybe i'll bring a book or something if i ever go but i can understand that creepy feel because the only other place i've been to that i've been to a couple places that were kind of whatever but the only other place i went to that felt legitimately creepy to me was the Winchester Mansion. I did a tour there many years ago, and there are some places there, especially like the seance room, that just creeped me right out. And uh, speaking of, I believe uh, Agent Ether has her topic coming up.
0: Yeah, it's funny you should mention that, because I wanted to talk about the Winchester Mystery House on Winchester Boulevard in San Jose. I've also been on a tour there, and from the outside, it's actually quite lovely, well kept. It has beautiful architecture with high turrets and spires, beautiful windows and balconies. It's just so intricate. The stained glass is wonderful. There's details and patterns. But then you notice something strange. For example, you go over to the side of the building and there's this door that leads to nowhere. It's just hanging off the side of the building. And then if you look at the rooms, the way they come together, they seem to be very haphazard. And it almost looks like, to me, this eccentric hotel that someone put together.
1: Yeah, the, it's, I've been there in person, like I said, and it is really breathtaking. It, the grounds are just absolutely beautiful and anybody gets a chance to go it, i recommend it just to check out the architecture everything is it's strange it's it's built in a way that it, it's kind of it's really weird like nothing in some places it doesn't seem to fit together but on the other hand it's done in such a way where the the whole is somehow more than the sum of the parts if that makes sense and it all just sorts of to come together to make something that looks like it's a painting you know like not Not like a real place. It looks like something, I don't know how to describe it, but it looks like a make-believe place. It's really weird.
0: So you start with the outside. It almost looks like a hotel or a dollhouse. And then you move to the inside, and that's where it gets really interesting. You have fireplaces with no chimneys, stairs going up to the roof and leading to nowhere with sudden drops. Everything is built to accommodate someone of a very short stature, so you'll find yourself... You know, transversing these shallow stairs and having to duck beneath doorways. Inside the house, there are 160 rooms. This includes 40 bedrooms, 40 staircases, 13 bathrooms, 6 kitchens, 2,000 doors, 3 elevators, 2 basements, and just one shower. Wow. (laughs) I'm assuming they also have bathtubs.
1: 2,000 doors?
0: 2,000 doors. And this is interesting. They have 10,000 window panes, which is more than the Empire State Building. Dang. And they're beautiful windows. We're not talking about just, you know, plain pane glass. We're talking about beautiful stained glass.
1: Yeah. It, yeah, like I said, this place really is breathtaking. And just as an aside, if, if you ever go to take a tour there, I'm not sure what the current price is, but I remember when I went many years ago, I thought, that's a little expensive, but... The thing is, is that um, it is a, I think it is a private for-profit company that owns it, but a lot of the money goes towards maintaining the place because a place of this size and complexity takes a lot of money to maintain.
0: And they do. It's not like the Queen Mary situation you were describing, but it's actually quite nice. The the grounds really too, like Disneyland nice, like immaculate.
1: Right. Right. Like, yeah, not just the building, but also the plants and everything. It's manicured. The place looks immaculate, except for... If they're updating. When I was there, there were certain parts of it that they were doing construction on. So those parts yeah. obviously look like they're being constructed on. But
0: Well, they're actually finished with that and they've reopened for business. And now you can see 110 out of the 160 rooms, which is a lot more than you used to be able to see. Oh, wow. And they have two different tours. One is the traditional one-hour tour. And then the other one is a new tour that explores some of the new rooms that you might not have seen before and... It's $40 per person for the tour, a little bit less for children, and that includes access to the gardens. And overall, you know, I have mixed feelings about it because it is a tourist trap. But like you said, in exchange, they are, you know, keeping it in pristine condition and clean and forever preserving the craftsmanship of one individual woman.
1: Right. and this is not like uh, like a painting that's fairly easy. like if you, you have a museum, you have all these pieces you kind of maintain. this is like an entire mansion, a really big mansion, very expensive to maintain. and I can't imagine this being done by like a city because it would be so expensive the taxpayers just aren't going to want to pay for it. I think in order for this place to remain in beautiful condition like it is, you kind of need it to be a business like right. this. You do. That's the only way is to, you need to generate a lot of money. I'm not sure how much they spend, but looking at how beautiful the place is, the paint is all up, everything's up kept just perfectly. It has to be a lot of money.
0: It's true. And I'll talk a little bit more about that as well. All right. So the actual construction took 38 years and the contractors were pretty much going constantly 24 seven and the construction only stopped the day of the death of the mistress of the home who was eighty-two. Her name was Sarah Winchester. She was an American hei- She was an American no. Hair- <laughs> heiress. No. Hairdress? Heiress?
1: Heiress, I think, yeah. She was
0: an American heiress to the Winchester Repeating Arms Company and one of the wealthiest women in the world
1: or just people in the world.
0: <laughs> she had inherited uh 20 million which is about 500 million today.
1: Yeah, that's pretty loaded.
0: So, she was quite loaded. And the reason she was loaded is her father who in 1860 would patent the Model 66 repeating rifle which would forever change warfare instead of each man, you know, having to wait a minute to fire off one or two rounds. You have someone who's very quickly able to fire off fifteen rounds,
1: right? Yeah, th- there's there were there's been a couple of pivotal moments in the history of warfare, and this was one of them.
0: It's true, and it was so fast. The Native Americans called it a spirit gun, and they were quick to adapt it themselves. And some people call it the gun that won the West, right? There were actually no army contracts. Instead, soldiers in the Civil War bought th- themselves one. It was marketed as a symbol of individuality and Americanism.
1: America. America. Can you, can you imagine? You're fighting for the army, and they give you like, okay, here's a pointed stick. Go out <laughs> there and kill some people. And you're like, whoa, 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 hold on. That guy's got this really badass gun. Can exactly. I, can I get one of those? Oh, you can get one. Yeah, it's. Go down the store, or go down the street. Make a left, and buy one. <laughs> make a right, enter the third door, and pay for one. The wait, wait, is, hold on.
0: <laughs> you have one of these older guns, and it only shoots if you're good. You can shoot twice in a minute, and then when you reload, you have to stand up, which is the perfect opportunity for your foe to shoot you down. Right. So you would have these situations where uh, Native American tribes would wait for the soldiers to be in a position where they would all fire they would all stand up to reload and then they would ambush them and wipe them out. And when the Winchester rifle became widely used, they couldn't do that anymore.
1: Yeah, because you didn't have to stand up to load it, right? That's right. Yeah, came with cartridges.
0: So let me talk a little bit more about Sarah Winchester herself. She did lose her infant, mother, father-in-law, and husband over the period of just one year. Wow. Yeah, so... That's how she had inherited her fortune was unfortunately under very sad conditions. So she went to this medium or seer to communicate with the dead, probably to get a sense of closure or maybe what was happening in her life. I mean, that has to be a very traumatic experience. Yeah. And she was told she was being punished for all the deaths by the Winchester rifles. And in order to... Make amends for this, she became increasingly convinced that she had to move to California and construct a home. And only by doing this would it be f- retribution uh, that would co- be caused by the gun business.
1: Hmm. Is there any, the site that she chose, was there a specific reason she chose that spot?
0: No, she just moved to California and purchased a farmhouse and started building. Okay. And, I couldn't find any more information than that other than the reason she did it was either to confuse the ghosts or to accommodate them.
1: That's so what I remember on the tour was that she built things to confuse the ghosts. She she believed that the ghosts were haunting her or there was some kind of curse that they were putting on her or something like that. So that's why she would have staircases that led nowhere, doors that led nowhere so that the ghosts would get lost in the house.
0: In addition to that, I read she slept in a different bedroom every night, so they couldn't find her, and that's why she has 40 bedrooms.
1: How long did she sleep? Like 30 seconds? (laughs) I don't know.
0: (laughs) She also had that seance room that you were talking about, and no one was allowed to go in it except for her and the seer, and that might be where she got instructions for further building on the house.
1: Yeah, and like you said, she constantly was building things, She had a full-time staff, right? And, like, they never stopped building.
0: She did. She had staff, contractors, and servants. Um, She was... She would spend, like, so much money. She spent, at the end, $5.5 million only to have the home auctioned off to her niece for less than the land was worth. And it would be five months later that it would be open to guests, and now 12 million people have passed through this curiosity.
1: Well, I can imagine... That let's say that you're a wealthy individual and you're looking for a mansion to buy and you're, you know, your real estate agent is walking you through it. And here we have a door that doesn't go anywhere. And here we have a staircase with uneven steps. So please don't kill yourself walking up them, you know, and like all these, that's, that's one of the things, I don't think we mentioned it. Um, One of the staircases, maybe multiple, I don't know, but I remember there was one that had like uneven steps. So if you weren't careful, it's real easy to trip and fall and that would be very painful. But anyways, imagine you're a wealthy individual looking for a, a mansion to buy. No one's going to want this. It's not. It, it. First of all, it's creepy. It, it's creepy as hell looking.
0: It. It is creepy, especially on the inside.
1: And so many of the rooms are not like all that usable. They're just the whole place is just really bizarre. And I can see why it would auction for such a low price because it's not usable as a home for most people. You know, somebody who could afford to buy a place like this would probably want something a little bit more, I don't know, usable, (laughs) you know?
0: Yes, I hear what you're saying. Uh, Mrs. Winchester was obsessed with the number 13. She had 13 hooks in her closets. She had a beautiful window pane. It had 13 blue and amber stones. There are 13 ceiling panels on the entrance halls, 13 bathrooms, and on her death, there were thirteen parts to her will, and it was signed thirteen times.
1: Wow, <laughs> that's a—that's definitely dedication to the number.
0: It is, it is. Um, I mean, but it's not surprising. She seems a little bit eccentric. She has her own séance room, so you know, thinking that there's some importance around the number thirteen isn't too surprising, considering Western culture.
1: Hey, if I had $500 million, I'd probably have my own seance room too. I mean, what the heck? Why not, right?
0: She, unfortunately, you know, she spent her life as a recluse and few knew her very well. She was considered eccentric by her neighbors, pathological and irrational. And so, unfortunately, when she died, there weren't a lot of people around her. But is any of this really true? A lot of the folklore actually comes out of the Winchester Mystery House itself. Of course, I think to sell tickets, the Disneyland Haunted Mansion is said to be modeled off of this Winchester Mansion. But in fact, her business associates described her as very good at the affairs of finance, especially for a woman, which, you know, back then (laughs) is a real compliment. (laughs) She was known for paying her workers well. She paid twice the minimum wage, including to her servants. And when the 1906 earthquake struck, she took all the unused items and put them in storage. So this was this. was the question is, was this a place that haunted her or was this something she played with? Was this, like you said, her plaything? She has all this money. She's always wanted a dollhouse. Let's go ahead and make a dollhouse, right? To her whims and her fancies.
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, who if, if you had that kind of money, I mean, if you look at what people with disposable income spend it on, they they just go on all kinds of flights of fancy, you know, because why wouldn't you get all kinds of crazy stuff? Like, look, there's, who was it? Jeff Bezos is trying to go to space in a rocket and stuff. Cause, because why the heck not? Why wouldn't you? I would.
0: So we won't really know her true motivation or who she was really. But you know, what's the movie Citizen Kane? The end of the movie. Rose,
1: but... Wow, oh, don't remind me. Like-
0: <laughs> well, this kind of, it ties in because on the day of her death, they found a giant, expensive safe. And inside that safe was another safe, and then another. And within was four things. A lock of her daughter's hair, a lock of her husband's hair, and each of their obituaries.
1: Oh, that's sweet. That is
0: very sweet. The most precious thing in the world to her is she kept them in these, you know, three safes.
1: Right. And probably, I wonder if she kept them in three safes is like fire protection or maybe there was something, you know, to keep ghosts away from it or something, something like mystical, that. mystical, yeah.
0: right? So that is the mystery. That is the Winchester Mystery House.
1: It's a really cool place. I can't stress enough just how interesting, if you're into this stuff at all. Go check it out for sure. Yeah, if
0: you're doing a ghost tour, you're around uh, Northern California, it is a must-see.
1: And there's there's another place pretty close by, I'm not sure how close, in the area called the Mystery Spot. I don't really know anything about it, and I have not been there, but uh, I think that place is more built on optical illusions rather than hauntings or anything, but it still seems like it'd be a really cool place to check out. I think
0: I've seen that too.
1: Yeah, have you been there, Agent Ether?
0: I think I have.
1: You have? Okay, how (laughs) was it?
0: I don't remember. I was very young.
1: (laughs) Oh, all right. Well, (laughs) well, then I guess that's all we have for you this week. Uh, Unfortunately, Agent Kruger and ETA are slacking this week or, you know,
0: slackers
1: or whatever they're up to, but they couldn't make it for the show. And uh, so on the spur of the moment, we were going to do the Mothman, but I realized that, you know, it's going to be Friday the 13th next week. So I figured, why not do a special last-minute episode on a topic that we don't normally do for Friday the 13th? So I thought it'd be fun to do that. And that's why we did a ghost one this time.
0: And I think it was fun.
1: Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I mean, these are really, really interesting places. And they're both in California, so it shouldn't be too hard to get to them eventually. For me, anyways. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, thanks for listening. You can follow the show on Twitter at AlienConPod. We also have an email address, alienconpod at protonmail.com. We would love to hear from you.
0: Keep it strange.